Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bear Don Bears fans. Appreciate you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Live. On today's episode, we're going to be reacting to today's press conferences and some of the comments that we heard from our quarterback yesterday. Also, going to be taking a look at some of the talk around the league that the Bears win yesterday over the 49ers was a fluke. Going to get into some of our biggest takeaways from yesterday and where we see this team heading into next week. All that and more in today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Live. Let me get them bird downs in the chat. Let's go. Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Listen, uh, it is a Bears victory Monday. Happy victory Monday to everybody out there, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in with the show. A lot of people surprised after yesterday, right? Surprised that the Chicago Bears pulled out yesterday's dub but the Chicago Bears are not surprised that the Chicago Bears pulled out yesterday's dub and so it does beg the question right in yesterday's conditions with everything going on with how much we were underrated with how much everybody was talking about the team was yesterday's dub a fluke and I went back and I probably rewatched yesterday's game twice already. And I know that you guys have as well. By the way, shout out to the chat in the building. We got Jacob Ponadine in the chat. Frank Quarez, or Quarez, Quarez, Quarios, uh, saying Bear Don Pat. Steve-O saying, yo. We got Chris Elder in here saying Bear Don. Bear Don from Brent. Torian with the Bear Don. Shout out to you guys, man, for tuning in and showing love as always, man. The chat is always live. Appreciate y'all for pulling up. Here's, here's the thing, right? Was the Chicago Bears win yesterday a fluke? Was the Chicago Bears win yesterday just based on the conditions? It was only based on uh, the fact that it was raining that hard, right? It wasn't the fact that the Chicago Bears came out and played prepared. Is that where we're sitting at with this team? And I don't think it is. I don't think it is, right? Because I went back and I rewatched yesterday's game, and guess what, right? I made the joke yesterday on the post-game show that uh, uh, um, the Bears, or God was a Bears fan today uh, yesterday because the rain came down harder, it seemed, when the 49ers were trying to make that comeback. But you have to look at what the Chicago Bears team did yesterday. And to me, I not only look at 
that second half, the adjustments that they made on the offensive side of the ball, which I think you have to point to a ton, right? You have to point to the offensive adjustments that this team made. But you also have to point to not only how that defense played after halftime, but also how that defense played before halftime and how that continued throughout the game, right? Of course, when it was raining harder, right, you saw them score a touchdown. But it was not <coughs> – excuse me. It wasn't like the Bears gave up a cakewalk moving down the field. It wasn't like the Bears were giving up a cakewalk moving down the field, right? It wasn't like it was easy for them to just carve the Bears up. Now, were there moments that were easy? Absolutely, right? Big pass down the field by Trey Lance. Uh, you see Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon kind of get mixed up, absolutely looking like rookies there. You, you, what are you going to say, right? Like, those were rookie mistakes that were coming in. But... I saw today, right, all the national nerds and a lot of the 49ers fans, right? I can't just say the national nerds are on this alone. A lot of the 49ers fans as well were basically coming out and saying, listen, um, if if it's not raining like this and if they weren't penalized and if those issues uh, didn't happen with them running the football and they don't lose Elijah Mitchell, they win this game. And while... Sure, there's an argument on that. Are we doing the Wani? Are we are we calling this the Wani, right? Because here's the thing that I want everybody to understand. If the Chicago Bears had played like the 49ers had played, there'd be an uprising of, we told you guys that we were right. We told you guys this is what this Bears team was going to be. We told you guys this team wasn't very good. The national nerds would have been beating their chest. The national nerds would have been out here looking to say that, oh, the Chicago Bears have no game. They had no game plan. They were unprepared. When, in fact, the exact opposite is what we saw happen on the field. The 49ers look completely undisciplined in the same conditions that the Chicago Bears looked absolutely disciplined in. The 49ers looked like they couldn't figure out how to get the ball moving, although they were running the ball really well, but how to get the ball moving through the air with their young quarterback. Guess what? The Bears struggle with that as well. Did Trey Lance miss some passes? Absolutely. How'd they do it with, with Justin? He had nine passing yards. No, he had three passing yards going into the half, right? 19 as a whole, but some but he threw the pick, right? So it goes for like negative net passing. So you had an overall net of three passing yards going in. Guess what? We all had the same struggles yesterday, and yet the Bears struggled least. And I love the fact that it comes in, right? Oh, the Bears got these points after. The Bears got these points in the second half, and the, it just worked out that the Bears didn't have the rain. Go back and rewatch that game. Guess what? Trey Lance got some opportunities to have the ball in that second half when the rain wasn't coming down nearly as hard as well. Trey Lance got some opportunities to possess the ball in the second half when the rain wasn't coming down as hard as well. He got the opportunity to uh, get some open looks. He, I'll say this. He used his legs well at times when that rain was coming down a little bit worse. But guess what? That Chicago Bears defense didn't allow him to score in that second half. Now, the one thing I will say, does Elijah Mitchell being out play into that? Yeah. Elijah Mitchell was running the ball down our throats, 100%. And, and – I'm not saying that Sunday's game was perfect by any means, right? I, I'm not here to say that at all. I think that's the one thing that all of us can agree on, that Sunday's game was not perfect. But 
can we say that the win was a fluke? That's the question. And I think when you look at everything that's laid out there, weather aside, guess what? The Bears played in the same weather that the 49ers played in. The Chicago, I don't know if y'all know that. I don't know if anybody else knows that. But the Bears played in the exact same weather that the 49ers played in. By the way, a 49ers team that is more adept to that with a dominant running game, with a Debo Samuel, with a Elijah Mitchell, with Trey Lance's legs, right? That's the San Francisco 49ers kind of game. They want to run the football more. If Jimmy G's in there, does he make some of those bigger passes? Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not, I think there's two passes that Jimmy G absolutely has the ability to complete that Trey Lance completely overthrew. Now, whether he does right, like Jimmy G's got his own completion issues, but whether he does complete them or not, I think that goes into that. But I think there's a couple of passes that I would have said the 49ers probably score touchdowns if Jimmy G is in there. But here's my thing. This is what I said. The Bears played in a game that many would say suits the 49ers skill set with a dominant defense and a great running game. And they won on a 19 to nothing run. That is not a fluke. That is not a fluke. That's not something you just look at and you say, yeah, guess what? That, that's not, that they'll never be able to repeat that. In the worst conditions that I've ever seen for a modern day football game for the Bears, not out, I'm talking about outside of winter, of course, right? We all know the Blizzard game, Ditka's giving the Bear down, right? Like the Blizzard games are different, but like on a regular, like just rain, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. And the field becoming a pool because they changed the grass? A completely backyard football type of game? And the Bears came out on the winning side of that. Not the 49ers, the Bears. That's not a fluke game. The Bears were the more disciplined team. The Bears were the team that understood what they needed to do at the half. And, and they executed that, right? The 49ers went into halftime the same. 49ers went into halftime with the same adjustments. And, or I'm sorry, had the opportunity to make uh, the same adjustments. And it didn't work out. That's just the God honest truth. There was no fluke in Sunday's win. The Bears in the second half were the better team. And I'll tell you something else. I'm excited to see the Chicago Bears be the better team in the second half of a game. How many times have the Bears come out on fire in the first half and then gotten their butts kicked in the second half? I was, I was happy to see, no matter what conditions, no matter what it is, right? We can say bear weather. That's not bear weather. That's just weather. That was just, like bear weather is winter. <laughs> That's just weather. <laughs> I don't want to hear bear weather all week. But I looked at that game again. I looked at that game probably twice since that game has been played, and I'll probably watch it because I got to wait till uh, with NFL Plus, you got to wait till actually it should be up now. Uh, I'm going to do something where I watch the entire all 22. That's going to be a live for the members of the breeze channel. So like you saw Baki just joined the breeze super fans. If you are a breeze super fan every week, we are going to watch the all 22 together. Maybe the NFL won't notice that I'm watching it. If I do it that way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> going to break down some of that all 22 film. 
But that win's not a fluke. And you know what? The Bears never viewed that. I'll say this, right? There's a lot of teams that you believe or that, that you don't believe when they say things right. Like they, they say, oh, we're the underdog. We, we knew we were coming into this an underdog, but we never thought we were the underdog. We knew that usually you look at that and you'd be like, I don't believe that. This Bears team sounds like they absolutely believed that they were not the underdog. And you know what? Roquan Smith was speaking on it at his press conference. Let's listen over to Roquan Smith and hear what he had to say at his presser today and basically how he felt about this Bears team going into uh, uh, um, this game versus the, the San Francisco 49ers and where he saw this team at. Let's listen in on Roquan. Recordings. Yeah. Shout out to y'all in the chat. It was a lot of fun for sure. It just felt like uh, being back in, uh, like I had said, after the game, like, you know, as a kid growing up, like in a little small town, just being able to go out, play in the rain, and dream on playing on Sunday. So it was pretty sweet. And then getting a dub. Brooklyn, when you got the first takeaway as a defense, what, what did that do for you guys after they had chewed up some yards and gotten inside the red zone, and then all of a sudden you just get off the field instantly? Yeah, that's uh, that's what takeaways do for you. Uh, yeah, they had made a, a couple big plays, and then you know Jalen got a nice punch there, so we was alert, and uh, Brisker got on the ball right away, so it was pretty sweet. And how alert do you have to be when you're like the second or third guy coming in there, and you have this point of emphasis on just punching the ball, and like when you're joining that scrum to Oh, you definitely have to be uh, loose, but that's what uh, makes us uh, who we are. And I think that's being able to uh, react uh, quickly and when you see things and just react to it as opposed to uh, guessing. That you guys had a pretty good sense of what play they were going to run based on the stack formation and all that. What was that play like and how did you watch it develop? Yeah, no, it was pretty sweet. Uh, I was in coverage to, uh, with my guy, so, uh, but yeah, we definitely did get that play time or two throughout the week, so uh, Bo, he was definitely uh, ready for it, and I was happy he was there in position, so it was pretty sweet to see him. What, was that, what did that do just in general when you see something that you've seen on film and, and you capitalize? What sort of faith does that let you have in your coaching staff and all of that that you prepared the right way? Yeah, no, it's big, and, you know, it's like giving you the right plays uh, throughout the week and uh, highlighting the plays that they like to do in uh, certain situations. So when you have that, it lets you know you have some uh, good coaches. Well, what about the fact that it was just a huge upset win in week one for you guys? Uh, personally, and I think uh, I can speak for the guys in the locker room, we didn't see it as uh, an upset. Uh, we expected to go in there and win. You know, maybe you guys or the, uh, and the other media and everyone else said, hey, this and that, but we didn't care too much about that. We knew we could beat those guys uh, when we stepped out down the field, and I made sure I let the guys knew that as well when we brought it up. Is that the way you guys feel already going in? Because it's, it's Bears-Packers week. Is that the same? Because you guys probably won't be favored in that game just by odds. I mean, do you feel the same way about Packers? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't really care too much about favors. That's just what paper thinks, you know. And paper, you don't play with paper out on the field, so that never really matters. What was it like for you to see guys like Dominique and Joquan and some of these rookies make, make impact plays in their first game in the NFL? 
Oh, it's huge, man. I'm very happy for those guys. Guys bust their tails uh, day in, day out, uh, just watching those guys from afar and just seeing those guys come out and make those plays. It's pretty sweet. And also it helps those guys with their confidence. Uh, and, you know, rookies may not know what to expect in the league. But, hey, at the end of the day, I just tell those guys it's still ball. You didn't have a lot of time with Brisker, obviously, in training camp. You were out. He was hurt. What was it like playing a game with him yesterday and, and just kind of feeling his presence? Oh uh, yeah, it was it was sweet. We've uh, I've I've had some time with him, not just on the field because off the field as well. And I feel like you can gel with people even more um, when you're uh, not not in the building and being able to like hang outside of uh, work. But no, seeing the guy and then in OTAs getting some work with him, and then in camp as well with like just walkthroughs and things of that nature. So it's pretty sweet to know that guy uh, has a knack for the ball and he loved the game and he's willing to do whatever it takes to be the best. How much did the conditions prevent you as a defense from showing off your speed and doing some of the things you like to do? And assuming it had some effect, how much are you looking forward to going to Green Bay, where I think that's a pretty usually a pretty good track? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, and then you know the rain that was one thing, but I'm sure it slowed those guys down as well. So there's no excuses. Uh, we got the dub. It was sweet, but hey, well, it'll be great to show just how fast we are this week uh, if we get some uh, nice weather. But if we don't, who cares? Oh, it was cool. I've been through uh, that process before. Uh, did it throughout college. Did it some in the league before. So it's nothing like it's nothing new for me. You've had four years to go against Rodgers. Over time, what are the things that you've come to appreciate about the way he controls the game? Oh yeah, man. The guy's obviously one of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest to ever uh, play the game. And you know, as a competitor myself, love going against people like that. I'm sure he'll be a little pissed off after this uh, last game. But hey, you wouldn't want it any other way. Pissed off him. Get the best version of him, and then we get the dub, and that'll be even sweeter. What about your motivation? I mean, are, does it bother you how that series has gone during the seasons that you've been here? I'm not really focused on that. I uh, can't dwell on the past. If that, that was the case, there's a lot of things I can dwell on. But, hey, we don't uh, go there. I'm just focused on um, Sunday going over there, uh, Lambo, and, you know, doing what it do, national TV. Should be a big game. Excited. Make some plays. How much is not getting a loaf part of your motivation now? Uh, yeah, loafs, loaf, loafs, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Definitely uh, tough grades on the loaf, but, hey, it's ball. That's, it's how they view it and how they see things. So, hey, you just have to respect it and, like, just bust your tail and try not try to prevent those. So did you have a few? Oh, I'm sure I did, yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> of course I did. I'm sure you guys, yeah. I think every uh, – well, I can't speak for everyone, but I know I did, yeah. <laughs> Is that like an appeals process for the loaves? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not into the appeal business. They write it on the paper. It's over with. Hey, I see it a loaf. just makes me want to go a little harder. Well, I know you've separated yourself from the, the Green Bay rivalry or the record or whatever, but do you, how, to what extent, if at all, do you feel the fans' frustration? Because that's kind of a personal thing with Rodgers and Bears fans, that he's really stuck it to them. Do you, are you aware of that? I mean, do you feel that? Do you, do you get any sense, any sense for that? Not really. I really don't. I don't go out like, obviously, you hate losing. But like I said, uh, in the past, that's the past. So just more so focused on the future and like this game here, because that's all that matters. This game here matters more than any other game we've played against those guys because it's the next one. And so that's where my mindset is. And I don't really care about the past. And I just got to go out and stick it to them uh, this week. Byron, on the catch you made yesterday, what allowed?
Bow. There we go. Forgot to cut that off right there, man. My bad. That's my bad. That's on me. Um, that was Roquan Smith kind of breaking that down, right? How he felt about this team coming out and going up against them. He said, he said it there, right? There is no excuse for this style of game. It's going out there. It's playing our style of game. And guess what? We got the dub. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And so I, I feel when I watch that game back, were there mistakes on the field? Absolutely. 100%. I, if, you, if you feel like the Bears played a perfect football game, you are lying to yourself. You are, you, you're, you're just not looking at what happened on the field. If we're being 100% honest, right, Justin really, if you want to say that second half was better, we can say that second half was better. But Justin really didn't have a really good game. That first half was atrocious. Like I said, he had 19 total passing yards with the pick. That was a bad pick. And when you look at the tape, kind of right, like I'm not going to lie, you look at the tape, you can kind of see, right, You if, you if you've ever had a football helmet on, you understand, right, the limitation of vision and stuff like that and how, like, a player can get behind another player and completely disappear from you. I, I can kind of see how Justin could have missed him, but even with that, right, it's still a really bad pass on Justin. And some of those passes in that first half were really bad passes on Justin Fields. You cannot look at that entirety of that game and say that that team or, or that, that the Chicago Bears played a great game. But what you can say is they did enough to grind out a win, and those are the kind of games that the Bears are going to be in in this season, right? Those are the kind of games that you have to put yourselves in in this season because there's probably not going to be enough talent on the field in some of these games again I have the Bears getting nine wins most of those against teams that I really don't believe much in and even after week one I still don't believe much in those teams right so like I, I look at that in a completely completely different scenario to where yeah, you kept yourself in this and your defense absolutely kept itself in this but in years past in years past, there would have been no adjustment offensively. In years past, there would have been no adjustment to help Justin Fields. There would have been no adjustment. And, right, and you, you can see the adjustments happening in-game. The biggest adjustment, right, like everybody keeps saying, uh, uh, the Bears adjusted, the Bears adjusted, the Bears adjusted. But they're not saying what the adjustment was. The biggest adjustment the Bears made in-game, and I think it's why Justin Fields really has to step up. And when we break down the tape, right, you guys will see it as well. Match protect. Justin had two options. He's got the tight end in there blocking. Everybody was like, why wasn't Cole Komet getting more involved? Because that offensive line wasn't doing the greatest in the very beginning, right? I don't know how I feel about the offensive line swapping guys in and out like that. I don't, I don't know about that. But, like, I, I just really look at, okay, we see that Justin's struggling here. He feels like he doesn't have enough time to pass the ball. Let's go match protect here. And we're going match protect. He's got, he's got a quick option there. He's got a quick option there. That's it. And guess what that means? Justin Fields, you have to update your mindset and say, okay, I've only got two options. That means I need to get this ball out quickly. I will say there's some things to me that Justin Fields didn't do quick enough um, that I saw in that game. But I'll tell you what, it's all about how you finish the game. And guess what? Justin, at the finish of that game, quickly turned things around for himself using his own athleticism, using his legs, using his arm, using all the tools that he had in his bag in the same conditions that the 49 were playing in and guess what he came away with the dub that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to and you know what i 
I'm not going to say that that's a fluke type of thing, man. I'll never say that that's just a fluke that he came away with the dub in that situation, that the Bears came away with the dub in that situation, because it's, it's just not factual. It's just not what you – if you feel that way, right, you're just either upset that the 49ers win or you're upset that your prediction was wrong. <laughs> and there's a lot of people today that are upset that their predictions was wrong. Exactly, John. John's saying not bad for the 32nd team in the power rankings. Yeah. Everybody's upset that their predictions were wrong, right? We were going to be 3-12, and 12, and guess what? Whether you think Trey Lance is all that or not, based on how that team plays, not a lot changes for their system. And you know what? They were in the they were almost in the Super Bowl doing very similar styles of play. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. We're gonna keep this thing going. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Also gonna break down uh uh um uh, or also got a lot of stuff coming this week for you guys. So stay in tune with us. We got John Yerkovich coming on tomorrow, uh breaking down what we saw in the game and what he expects to see in the Packers game. Um I, what is, I might not drop that one tomorrow. That one might drop Thursday. That one might drop Thursday. We'll see how. We'll see what if the information is pertinent to tomorrow or not. We got a couple of interviews coming this week, so make sure that you tune in with that, man. And we'll be live Monday or Sunday through Wednesday. This is the new schedule. Sunday through Wednesday. Sunday through Wednesday, 7 p.m. Um, we're going to be live on those days. If we have a game on those days, then guess what? We're going to be live calling that game anyway, so we'll be live with you on that. We won't have a specific live show, um, but we're, we just we really want to have as much time with you guys as possible, and this kind of works with the whole having a baby, trying to be a parent thing throughout the day, blah, blah, blah. So uh, appreciate you guys for showing love with us on that one, man. Um, here's another question that I have for you guys. And I think that it's something that now that we've seen the team on the field, we can actually ask the question. As I assess this team, as we have assessed this team all offseason, as we've assessed this team, what they've been able to do, what they're going to be able to do, how they're going to be on the field, how they looked in preseason, how they hopefully are going to look in the regular season. Can we now say that Ryan Poles had a successful offseason. Can we now say that Ryan Poles had a successful offseason? And the reason I'm willing to ask this question now, and I know that we've asked this question multiple times during the offseason, during the regular season, right? But it's always going back and forth. You really don't know much until you see the team on the field. Here's the things for me. While personnel-wise, maybe there can still be some argument. While personnel-wise, maybe there can still be some argument, right? We don't know the full slate of the players that are in here because of the kind of game that Sunday was. But I'll say this, and I said this during the live yesterday. At a minimum, we now have a coach in the building that gets us here. What is here? Here is looking like a modern-day NFL football team. Here is looking like a modern-day NFL football team. So many times in the past, we've had coaches that kind of get us in and, like, we're here because they're not adjusting. They're not doing things on the sideline that really help you. I will say this. I like the money that's coming next year. You've got your full slate of picks and more next season. 
And it feels like at a minimum, right, to start this thing off, you have the right guy in the building that can get you here. Competent coaching. Shout out to Frank. That doesn't mean that I'm saying that Fluce is the coach of the future. That doesn't mean I think Fluce is going to be coach of the year, right? I've said I'm holding my or my uh, evaluation on what Fluce is until next season rolls around because I don't think you can make an estimation on this season based on a third-place schedule because guess what? Verse one of the worst schedules in the NFL, Matt Nagy was coach of the year. So I don't know if you can make that beginning of the year assessment just right here, right? I don't I don't I don't believe that, right? But there's something to be said about getting guys in the building that are competent at doing their job and are going to move your or, or are going to adjust your players to put them in a successful position. Now, do we feel like we have all the talent in the world that's going to put us over the top? I don't know that yet. We haven't seen that yet. We're one week into the season and it was one of the craziest games you've ever seen. But I will say this. The defensive talent that he selected looked really good. The defensive talent that he selected looked really, really good to me. Dominique Robinson, have yourself a day, sir. That's how, that's how you have a day. That's how you have a day, boys. Dominique Robinson, absolutely. Having himself a day. Jaquan Brisker, having himself a day. Kyler Gordon, there's some things that need to be worked on. Again, when we break down the tape, we'll talk in depth about that. But there was a couple of plays, right, that are deep shots that Kyler Gordon kind of just got lost in the shuffle and where he was in the zone, didn't, didn't follow the play. Ah, tough. Could have hurt you. If Jimmy G's in there, there's a couple of plays that Kyler Gordon gave up that could have hurt you. 110%. But I'm looking at the staff that's in place, the personnel that he selected, at least the young guys, right? I wouldn't say it's the greatest first showing that we could have expected for Braxton Jones, but also I can't say that it's the worst showing that I've seen at that left tackle position. And he had Nick Bosa going up against him. <laughs> and he had Nick Bosa going up against him. So I looked at the young talent that was on this team that was selected and available, and I, I, I said, listen, it looks like we got some dogs in the building. And not only is it young talent that was selected that made plays, but also young talent that brought up the talent that you already had here. What do I mean by that? Eddie Jackson getting a pick six. Why could Eddie Jackson all of a sudden ball hawk again? Why is Eddie Jackson all of a sudden able to be this ball hawking safety again? Because you went out and you got a safety that did the opposite of what he does. So Eddie Jackson doesn't have to just sit in the back and protect for the run. Because that's not what he does. It's not his game. He's a ball hawking safety. It's not where I want to see where, he, where it's not where I want to see him at, right? So not only did you go out there and you got good young talent, but you also got talent that seems like it complements some of the talent that already was in the building. That's a win for Ryan Poles, in my opinion. Like the video if you agree. That's a win for Ryan Poles. Like the video if you agree. It's about making decisions that put you in, moving in the right direction. 
It's about making decisions that put you moving in the right direction. And I feel like the Chicago Bears got that out of Ryan Poles this offseason. And so, I mean, for me, right, like, that's where I kind of – you go out and you find the talent. That's part of it. You go out and you find some of the coaches. That's part of it. But can you find coaches that the players that you currently have have bought into? To me, that's the biggest part of it. And I think that that's something that we finally saw here in Chicago. It didn't just look like the young guys bought into this. And so, I mean, for me, right, like, here's, here's the thing. What are your biggest takeaways from that, that Sunday game? What Drop your biggest takeaways in the chat from that Sunday game. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Because I've got a couple of major takeaways from that Sunday game that I go into future weeks feeling better about. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to Rock. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily. If you cannot uh, sit here and listen to the whole thing, this will also be up in podcast form after it's all posted and all good, right? We'll drop that on the podcast side as well. If you listen or are a listener on the podcast side, give us a five-star review. We appreciate you guys for showing love, man. Let me know in the comments below as well. Here are my three biggest takeaways from what we saw from the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Takeaway number one, the Chicago Bears have bought in to the hits principle, not only on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, right? And I think that that's something you really, really have to point out because a lot of the players that are being talked about that that you can clearly see have bought in, you can look at them and say, okay, um... They were players that we thought we had issues with all offseason. And some of the players, right, we did have issues with this offseason. So I, to me, right, like I look at the hits principle and I, I wanted to see not just were they doing it when turnovers were made on the defensive side, not just were they doing it when everybody was looking at them, right, but were they doing it in those moments that they weren't? And I can absolutely say that I saw that on both sides of the football. On the defensive side, even when there was a play that uh, 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 clearly was somebody was going to be down, they're punching at the ball. All of a sudden, they're trying to get this ball out. They're getting to the ball. They're gang tackling. They're playing with intensity. They're buying into the hits principle. They don't let one tackle happen without somebody punching at that ball. And that's why the Bears were able to force that fumble. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson was basically somewhat out of the play. Right? He's getting blocked. He's going to the left. Normally, what what would we have seen last year? Try to wrap him up. If you can't get him, he's past you. This season, Jalen Johnson realizes he's out of the play. Let me take a swipe. Let me take a swipe. Turns into a fumble going the other way. On the offensive side of the football, how's that hit principle uh, come into play? I'll tell you this. Go back and you go look at Tevin Jenkins when, when uh, 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 Justin Fields is making his run. You go back and you look at some of those plays where Tevin Jenkins is out there. You go back and you look at some of those offensive linemen out there, right? They didn't give up after the ball got into the second level. 
They're out there running right with Justin. Okay, hey, we gotta get, we gotta give another block, or I gotta make this pancake block. Make sure he stays down. The hits principle applies to both sides. I know mentally we only think about it on the defensive side of the ball, but it, the the hits principle applies to both sides of the football, and they absolutely were out there playing through the whistle to the whistle at the end of the whistle, a little bit past the whistle on some plays. I loved it. That's what I want to see on both sides of the football. You didn't see guys. Now nah, I'm sure, right? His his big thing is loafs, right? That's uh, that's Flus's big thing. You don't want to have loafs on your on your play card, right? There, I would bet you Tevin Jenkins didn't have a lot of them. Even and and I I'm I'm kind of intrigued on the swapping in of in out of Tevin Jenkins and. Uh, and uh, 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 Lucas Patrick at the guard position. I, I'm not a fan of it personally. I think you want to let those guys get that rhythm in there, right? But I think at the end of the day, right, it's it's about are they showing you what you want? And, and guess what? Lucas and Tevin showing you the hits principle on display. So I think that that was one of my big takeaways from that game, that both sides of this football have bought into what Coach Flus is talking about. One, My second takeaway from this game. And I know a lot of people might not like this. Blessings, that's a great one. That's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, before I get to this, my second one. Blessings to you saying EQ was blocking downfield unlike A-Rob last year. That's another great one. <coughs> Excuse me. That's another great one. EQ blocking downfield. That touchdown for Dante Pettis does not happen if Equinamius is not making a big block downfield. And guess what? Not only did he make a block, he also got a touchdown. Heck of a day for you, EQ on a day where they weren't passing the ball a lot. <laughs> My second major takeaway from this game, and there's a lot of people that might not like it, but the Chicago Bears have a clear-cut offensive direction. The Chicago Bears have a clear-cut offensive direction. Is it an offensive direction that you feel breeds to the success of the team long-term? That's yet to be seen, right? We'll see. But at a minimum, this season, we've heard, and how many seasons in a row have we heard, oh, uh, this is the offense that we want to run. This is where we want to see our team at. This is how we want. No, 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 no. None of that. This season, the Chicago Bears are a run-heavy team. Guess what we saw in the preseason? The Chicago Bears preparing to be a run-heavy team. Guess what we saw in the offseason? The Chicago Bears adding pieces of their team to be a run-heavy team. Guess what the Chicago Bears did in week one in conditions that spoke to being that kind of team? They were a run-heavy team. And even when they started to get down, they did not go away from their vision. We have a clear-cut offensive direction. And though some people may not like that, I know there's some people that say, I want to see, uh, I know uh, Super Producer Joel Holt was saying that he wanted to see, uh, uh, um, you know, Komet get more involved in the offense, more of a passing game. Um, Kid wanted to, wants to see Field sling that ball a little bit more, right? That's not going to happen this season. Welcome to a run-heavy offense. A lot of the passes that you saw even in that rain are a lot of the passes that you're going to see during this season. That doesn't mean the Bears aren't going to take their shots downfield. That doesn't mean that the Bears aren't going to take their shots downfield. But it means that the Chicago Bears 
are going to implement their offense week by week, and they're going to stick with what works for how this team was built in the offseason until, right, maybe Justin Fields all of a sudden starts slinging that pill, or Nikhil Harry comes back, and he's snatching the ball out of the air, and he's a big 6'4 wide receiver that changes the entire game for us. Until we see that, they have their system. And I'm not going to lie, I like that. I like that. And then finally, my third major takeaway from this game, for the first time in a meaningful football game, and it's not like it's been a long time, but for the first time in a meaningful football game, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears did not look unprepared. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears did not look unprepared. They didn't look like all of a sudden the moment, something changed in the moment, right? They didn't look like something changed in the moment. And because of that change in the moment, they didn't know how to adjust to it. You heard Justin Fields talking after the game kind of about uh, 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 what he, what how he was preparing for that game, right? And how he kind of was getting himself ready because he knew that there was going to be rain. He didn't know that there was going to be that much rain, but he did. He said he knew that there was going to be rain on the field. And he said he was preparing with a glove already. He was preparing with the ball in his hand, wet ball in his hand with the glove on, tried it with the glove off, didn't like it with the glove off, put the glove back on. He was preparing for the conditions that were going to be on the field. The Chicago Bears, for the first time in a long time, looked like they were prepared not only for the team that they were playing, but for the conditions that were happening on the field. And I have to say, I give kudos to the coaching staff for that. I put, I give kudos to what the Chicago Bears were able to do on Sunday. And I give kudos to Justin Fields for bouncing back after an awful first half. Say it, say what you want about it, right? Like, listen, I love Justin. I want to, I want to, I want to see Justin be great. I want to see Justin do well. It was an awful first half. It was an awful first half. And he knows it. And while the uh, conditions do play into it, that team looked prepared for everything the 49ers were able to throw at them. Now, here's here's and I think this is something key that you have to say. If you can continue that moving forward, if you can continue that moving forward. You're looking at a team that may not always be the most talented team on the field. But that can get fortunate. What's fortune? What's being fortunate? It's just having things break the right way for you and you were in the right position. It's having things break the right way for you and you were in the right position. And if you're in the right position, you may not always be the most talented, but you'll be in the position to make the play. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, man. And that's why, that's why I give Justin credit on it. That's why I give Justin credit on it, man. I give Justin and this offense and the defense credit on how they played on Sunday. Before we get out of here, man, let's hear from our quarterback 
Justin Fields on what he was seeing on the field. He was saying that they didn't just win the game, but they won this game with mental and physical stamina. Again, the hits principle, right? They're going to be the best, the team that's in the best shape. They were the more prepared team. They were ready to be in these conditions. And that's what led to the win. Let's hear from what Justin, uh, let's hear what Justin had to say. Oh, hold on. Got to make sure that I keep this mug unmuted, man. Just what was the biggest Yeah, I think we were just trying to find a rhythm. You know, uh, we were dealing, the offense at least was dealing with long fields. And, you know, our defense, I think they did a great job dealing with the short fields that they got, um, you know, holding them in the red zone for three points on uh, one of the drives. So, um, yeah, I think we were just trying to get in the rhythm. And, you know, we were backed up. So, you know, when you're backed up like that, you, you just can't use the whole play- playbook. But, you know, second half, find a rhythm and, you know, we execute it. So proud of the guys. Can you give us an idea of what it was like to play in that and how it affected things you wanted to do? Yeah, I think it, you know, the rain affected us a little bit, but, you know, once it calmed down a little bit, it wasn't affecting us as much, but definitely uh, had an effect. I think the guys handled it well, you know, Sam being at center, I think all the snaps were, were, were fine. You know, he did a great job doing that. So, um, yeah. That's a good job. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, of course I knew it was going to rain today. So earlier in the week I was practicing throwing the wet ball drills with the gloves. And um, I just kind of liked how it felt with the gloves. Um, I tried to go no gloves, like I think the first or second series, something like that. But the ground was just so wet. Like it wasn't even raining, but the ground was just so wet from the rain earlier that, you know, it was just, you know, safer to, to, to go with the gloves. So, yeah. Were you surprised Dante was that wide open when you turned to your right? Uh, no, not really. Just because of the defense they play, you know, uh, vision and break defense. You know, they're just watching me, watching my eyes, and kind of watch, watching where I go. So I knew he was over there, and once I kind of looked right and saw him there, wide open. You know, I just wanted to, I lofted it up just to make sure, you know, he caught the ball. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he did a great job with the yards after the catch, and then EQ threw a a, a, a great block, so so he could get in the, so he could get in the end zone. So, uh, yeah. Is that where you felt like you guys were starting to find that rhythm and that momentum? Yeah, I think that was the uh, that was the kind of the play that changed the momentum of the whole game. So um, you know, once that play happened, um, you know, that kind of just started everything else. In the second half, were you you and Luke were talking at halftime. He's talking about getting you on the run a little bit more and trying to make a few things happen back there. Yeah, uh, we stopped doing it because I think they get they game plan pretty well for Nuggets uh, for our keepers and stuff like that. So um, you know. Uh, we definitely wanted to try that, you know, in the third quarter a little bit. But, I mean, they still were, you know, sticking to the game plan where every time I would go out, they would have that DN right outside uh, waiting for me. So I just tried to, you know, make a positive play. Well, what's your read on the second touchdown to EQ? And did, did you consider Pringle at all? So he got open as well to the side. Pringle? Yeah, yeah. He, had the, uh, he was on the backside, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's my last read on that. So uh, my read on that is just the flat to the corner and to the uh, mess coming across and to the backside guy. So, um, I mean, that was my second read. I felt the defenders come down soft, and then I saw EQ. He took a good angle with that safety right there and um, just, 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 just hit him for the touchdown. And, of course, the O-line did a great job protecting that play, so proud of those guys. You sprayed in the second half. You kind of got up to get a little bit of a flex. Was that like a kind of a, ah, moment to be when you felt like you kind of just... Which one? I wanted to get to the second one. Where you got in the, the second half? half? You, got, you got across midfield, and you broke through. You blew the sack, everything. You got to kind of flex. Mm, I don't know, but I like to celebrate a little bit. You know, they always bring it up in film, like who has the best celebration, stuff like that. So, you know, we always, you know, keep the film rolling on that. And, um, you know, they they encourage, you know, celebration. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see... Uh, who had the best celebration? 
uh, after we look at the tape for sure. So what was his team able to lean on who stayed so locked in and disciplined when you know, everything, the weather, the offense not being able to get going in the first half, like nothing seemed to be working right away. What discipline did you guys lean on to be able to stay disciplined? Yeah, I think, you know, just what we were built on. Um, you know, Coach always says, you know, it's uh, mental stamina, uh, mental and physical stamina, uh, who can play uh, the longest uh, the hardest and, you know, just, just play every play. So um, I think, you know, we won this game with mental and uh, physical stamina. So I'm, I'm proud of the defense, proud of the O-line, just, just proud of everybody today. Justin, when you look at your performance individually, what did you like about what you did today? What do you say needs to be better going uh, One thing was the first pick that I threw. Um, they were in three, three hook week. The safety came down. Um, I saw Mooney opening up. I tried to move Fred. He was a front side hook defender with my eyes the right way. But that backside hook defender, like I said before, they play the vision and break defense. So once that backside hook defender saw my eyes go right, then he came over a little bit. The safety did. Then that's 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 why they got the pick. But um, so that I just gotta you know just read the squeeze off of that and um just 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 make a better decision. But uh, other than that, you know I felt like you know of course there were some uh, bad plays and of course some good plays. But I think you know the team as a whole you just just fought through adversity the the whole game. You're talking about the, with the water and the gloves and everything. Like, how much control do you feel like you had over your throws today? Yeah, it's just it's just inconsistent. So some some throws you have full control, and then some some throws where the ground is so wet, um, you know, it's it's not. You don't have as much grip, so it just defers every play. You mentioned the, the celebration. What was the, the slip and slide like for you at the end there? I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, we talked about it, like, right before we took the last knee. And, um, you know, all the guys were excited to, to, to run to the end zone and do that. So that was a, a, a snapshot moment for sure. Who's that? I don't know. I think it was one of the uh, old linemen. And then I heard it, and I was like, oh, yeah, everybody's got to do it. So, uh, you know, took the last snap, and then we all just ran into the end zone and did that. So that was, that was cool. So you think that's going to be the best celebration, right? Probably, actually. But we usually do it after like first downs or touchdowns. But they'll probably say, you know, they'll probably just 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 look at that one. So, but but it was it was it was definitely cool for sure. Back to the interception just for a second. Mm -hmm. That was kind of coming over flat. Yeah, flat exactly. So I gotta you know the highest average for third down percentage is forty eight percent. So I just gotta you know not force anything down the field. Boom, just take the check down and you know maybe he catch the ball before the sticks and you know break a tackle and and, and and get the first down. So I just gotta be smarter. And that, and just, you know, of course, know who I'm playing. You just right. take the odds. You guys were in third and long a lot in the mm -hmm. half. Like, what do you think allowed you to break away from that sort of Um, Really just first and second down, you know, putting ourselves in a good position, getting the run game going a little bit. Um, I thought the line did a great job blocking in the second half, you know, for the run game a little bit more. So got that going on first and second down. And then, you know, of course, you have positive plays on first and second down. That'll set you up for better success on uh, third down. So what's your assessment just with uh, Tevin and Lucas kind of coming in and out? I mean, I couldn't look at them, like, individually. But, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So I have no idea, to be honest with you. Justin, uh, and Jones didn't win every rep, as you warned us. Mm -hmm. But how do you think he handled his first, uh, his first set-up game, especially with – yeah, I mean, just just like we talked about early in the week, we knew, you know, he's not gonna, you know, be perfect against, you know, one of the best DNs in the league. But as long as you just move on, move on from that play, and you just just move move to the next one, you know, we'll be good. You know, everybody, you know, gets gets got on one play. It's just it's really just on how, how you respond. So yeah. Justin, you guys were able to find success with those improv plays. How much of that success comes from the preparation, just working on the scramble drills, and how much mm -hmm. of that is just your ability to, to freestyle? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot. So just uh, scramble drill rules, you know, 
uh, just knowing what the receivers are going to do, um, you know, just kind of them filling out the spacing and really just, you know, trying to extend the play as long as I can uh, to where either I can, you know, throw it to one of them or maybe run for a few yards or even throw it away. So, um, yeah, I think they did a great job with that today, though. Yeah, I mean, they did awesome. Um, first half, only giving up, you know, 10, what, seven or 10 points? Seven points with uh, the field position they were getting every time. I mean, they, they did a great job. You know, Bojack came up with the clutch pick and then one fumble at the first drive of the game, uh, first or second drive of the game. I mean, that was, that was awesome. So the defense did a great job today. Justin Fields breaking down kind of what he was seeing there and where where kind of the team um I mean I mean how how the team prepared him for what was going in right um I I mean those those are the things you got to you got to talk about as you're going through the week when you're preparing for a game like this you have to be prepared throughout the week it can't be something you're trying to get adjusted to that day and I think that's why you saw the Bears step up there um dang Baki with some breaking news in here man Thomas Graham Jr. has been claimed off the practice squad by the Cleveland Browns that sucks uh I was a big fan of Thomas Graham Jr. uh I mean it doesn't suck listen I I want the kid to be able to play, right? The Bears put him on the practice squad. He was dealing with some injury as well. I want him to be able to play, and I think the best thing for him is going to be, you know, getting out there and getting those in-game reps. Wish nothing but the best for Thomas Graham Jr., man. But would have loved to see him stay a Chicago Bear. Um, that that's a that's a guy I love, man. I I, I love that I love the fact about Thomas Graham Jr. And and I think it's probably why I liked him so much that literally they wouldn't let him off the practice squad. And when he finally got his opportunity, he looked so much better than Kendall Vildor. You just had to look at, at Sean Desai and be like, Hey bro, like what did you see all year? Did like, you thought that was better than that. What, 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 what were you looking at that you thought that was better than that? (laughs) Um, so tough loss there. I mean, I, I hope he, he's definitely better than Bildor to me. Um, but he would have been the backup for Jalen John or, uh, yeah, for Jalen Johnson, probably, um, in that situation. So, uh, but Hey, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. Uh, we'll be live tomorrow at 7 PM. So make sure you guys tune in with us then as well. We'll also have content dropping throughout the day and we'll be live for any breaking news that happens on the channel. We usually either go live or we just drop a quick video. So make sure that you guys tune in with that if you are listening on the podcast side appreciate you for the listen (coughs) excuse me uh make sure you leave a five-star review and if you haven't done so on the youtube side man hit that like button subscribe to the page and before we get up out of here drop them birdons in the chat man because you know what we've been bears fans a long time we've been through here through the naggy we've been here through the lovey we've been here through the (laughs) wani we've been here through the marts and we're going to be here a long time, man. Drop them bear downs in the chat because overall, man, it's a Bears town. And guess what? Soon I'll be able to say we've been here through the Phillips because he's getting out of here as well. As always, man, it's your boy Pat, the designer, back at it again to continue watching our Chicago Bears content. Click the links on the screen or check the links in the description below. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.